Welcome to Body Sculpt of New York Six Weeks to Fitness Podcast, where we hope to inform, motivate, encourage, and inspire you towards living a healthier lifestyle. And now, here's your host, the president of Body Sculpt of New York, Vince Ferguson. Hi, I'm Vince Ferguson. Welcome to Six Weeks of Fitness, episode 116. Thank you so much for tuning in. Kimmy Walker is a school psychologist, philanthropist, coach, and wellness enthusiast with a track record of serving as a behavior change and improvement catalyst for individuals, groups, and organizations. Her formalized education, market research, and tangible tools all cohesively work together to assist others in making the best version of of themselves a priority. Kimmy's personal journey in fitness and wellness has not been one without its share of hurdles and triumphs, however. While embarking on a personal lifestyle change, she grew a strong affinity for self-care, health, and wellness. Her passion grew and she quickly had a burning desire to assist other people in defining their own personal fitness and wellness stories. Kimmy Walker's purpose? Passion and plan is to help others in overcoming personal mental blockage or any social stigmas that may suggest that fitness only looks a certain way. I am pleased to have Kimmy Walker on my Six Weeks to Fitness podcast. Kimmy, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me, Vincent. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm looking forward to diving into what you have to offer my listeners today. (laughs) So to get started, tell my listeners, where did you grow up and what was your childhood like? So I am from born and raised in Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, I would say as far as childhood, um, I had asthma growing up. So I spent... um, all of my childhood, all of my teenage years, and some of my early adulthood, obese. Um, And that came with its fair share of challenges socially, I think, and emotionally. Um, But I feel that I, at a certain point, learned to kind of make the best of it um, and kind of just got used to myself and how I interacted with people and accepting that that kind of was who I am. I was at that point in time. Hmm. So basically, you pretty much stayed to yourself? Um, no, I, I was pretty social. I, I think I had a personality that still attracted people and I was still smart. So, you know, people kind of say, well, you're so smart or you're so this, you're so that. So I guess you learn to lean on those things. I never was an athlete. I'm still not athletic. Um, no, not at all, (laughs) but I was able to find, um, eventually when I made my lifestyle change, I was able to find, a competitiveness that works for me and to still make myself the best version of me and still love myself in the process. Very good. Did you have uh, support from your family? When I, and I've tried to lose weight many times during life. That's like not a new circumstance. Uh-huh. Um, but yes, my family has always, always been supportive of me. Um, whether it's they knew I was on a diet, trying to help me, like my mom would cook like a chicken breast for me if yes. she knew um, I was going to work out that day. So really trying to help and put those healthy things around for me. Hmm. So my family and friends have been really, really supportive. Um, when I started my journey, my lifestyle change that kind of stuck. 
um, my friends, your circle kind of shifts a little bit, uh-huh. but those that were around me and really were interested in it, they found ways to kind of learn more about it too. And whether it's, can I go to you with that workout class or why don't you tell me more about your eating or your exercise? So people found different ways to support me. Um, and in that, I think I, that's where I kind of grew wanting to help others as well find what worked for them. Hmm. Excellent. Now, in regards to this personal journey of yours into health and wellness, I understand yes. that at one point you weighed over, you were 100 pounds overweight? I weigh close to 300 pounds, yes. Really? How tall are you? <laughs> How tall are you, Kimmy? 5'2 five, two five, and a half. Did you say 5'2? I'm 5'2 and a half, yes. Oh, wow. Okay. So almost 300 <laughs> pounds. That's uh, pretty pretty significant, right? So what, what did you do to get rid of that weight? Well, it started off as just um, walks around campus yes. in the morning. Um, and I just started to do that every morning. Like it was just one lap, you know, it wasn't much, it was maybe like 20 or 30 minutes, but that's what I could do. Um, and then from there I started to build up how much time I was doing and I really started to watch what I was eating Uh and people started to comment that I was losing weight. And I think that kind of motivated me too. I was like, Oh, I actually am losing weight. Hmm. And so, um, then when summer came, I was in college at the time. So summer comes, you kind of have a lot more time to yourself. So I really got into like going to the gym two times a day, you know, five or six times a week. I was really, really disciplined. Um, And I kind of had a goal in my head of what I wanted to see. So I was constantly working towards that goal. And that really kept me focused as well. Hmm, Very good. Now, what college did you attend? Florida A&M University. Uh, I'm a proud HBCU alum from FAMU. Yes. Okay. All right. (laughs) Pretty pretty good. Pretty good. And, uh, okay. So you started walking on a regular basis and you started Mm -hmm. changing. You started to change the way you ate, right? What yes. types of food did you put into uh, your body? Um, a big one was I ate a lot of salads. This is kind of, kind of like work. Okay. Um, I ate a lot of salads. I ate a lot of broccoli. I ate a lot of chicken. It was kind of routine. Now, I'm not one of those type of people. I can kind of eat the same food over, and some people get really bored with it. Right. Um, <laughs> I could do that. At the time when I did start my weight loss journey around like 2005 ish low carb, like Atkins and South beach, all of that was kind of the craze. Right. So there were a lot of low, low carb options that were available. So when I would go to subway, I would always get the low carb wrap. It was kind of how right now it's like the protein, protein, protein craze. Then it was like low carb. So there were a lot of low carb options. Um, if I did get like nuggets or something, I would pick most of the like breaded part off of it. Um, pizza and things like that. If I had it, I usually would try to have that stuff with friends to make it more of the social part. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. just a little bit of it. Okay. And not all of it. So that became, <laughs> people started to notice that difference too. So like I went out with one of my friends to Coldstone, and that was something we always used to do. Right. And like, I literally just had like three bites of it, threw it in the trash. And they're like, <laughs> I don't get how you did that. <laughs> but I knew I was like, 
I just got to put some kind of guards in place with myself. I'm not as strict with myself now. I've kind of found a balance that works a little bit better for me. And I practice a lot of mindful eating now. Like, is this something that I really enjoy? You know, so allowing myself some of the things that are not so good for us in moderation, if it's something that I actually really enjoy having. Wow. Okay. So there was no drastic changes, right? You made it work within your lifestyle. I made it work. I would say it was intense. It was a drastic change because it was so much more than what I was used to doing. So I was working out at least doing at least an hour a day of cardio. And at some point I was working out two times a day. So when you go from being sedentary to doing that and my calories consumed dropped drastically, it, it does. I was losing about eight to 10 pounds a month. Okay, which is pretty good. Excellent, you know. Mm-hmm. Did you incorporate any type of weight training with this uh, exercise regimen routine? I never enjoyed it up front. So when I got maybe four months into the weight loss, I started to go to group exercise classes. And those also helped me to when you're kind of hitting a plateau. So I always encourage people to find something they enjoy doing. Yes. Um. And I always kind of have pushed like group exercise classes, anything, whether it's CrossFit, mm-hmm. yes. spinning, indoor cycling. Um, I did a lot of body weight classes like body pump because you have a group of people. Some of those people started to get used to seeing me like, oh, hey, I didn't see you last week. <laughs> oh. um, but it also gave me a push, too. Uh-huh. So like they were kind of the instructor was kind of helping me push my weights up. Um, helping me with my reps, like, okay, you're more moderate now. You can put some more weight on, try this. That helped me a lot. That helped me out a lot. Okay. So having someone push you, encourage you was very important. Yes. Right? Yes. And yes, I've had, and I've had multiple trainers throughout my time too. Okay. So you recommend that people who have, who are trying to lose weight, you know, to look into getting a personal trainer if you can afford it. Right. If you can afford it, and there's even very low-cost options available, um, whether it's the internet or YouTube videos. One of the reasons I got and eventually myself became a personal trainer was because I really wanted to be able to help others, and I really wanted to be able to pay it forward. Um, And even after I became a personal trainer, people would say, why are you getting a personal trainer? You know this. You know this stuff. And that, like, that's not the point, you know. We always need a different push. We always can use a different angle. It doesn't mean you need them all the time, but at just certain points, you might be at a place where you need a trainer to give you that extra push to get you over a hurdle or to take you to the next level. Hmm. Um, All great athletes have coaches. So, um, you don't see that many people coming to the Olympics and they just were self-coached. Nobody helped them at all. So I think people often forget that. Very good point. Even coaches need coaches, right? <laughs> yes, I, absolutely. <laughs> I agree. One, 100%. Okay. So, and you recommend that you, you also recommend, I would imagine that people who work out do it in groups. I love it. I love, I love the social camaraderie of it. Um, I eventually started teaching group exercise classes myself. Mm-hmm. Um, the most frequent one I taught was spinning and I, it, I love this for me because it helped also keep me responsible. So it was like, I'm in front of people. I want to stay in a certain shape. I want to be able to push and motivate people. Um, 
But when I have those days where I'm just feeling like, or weeks where I feel like I'm just kind of eh, blase fair through my workouts, <laughs> going to those classes can really help give you a push. The instructor kind of telling you where your heart rate should be. Right. I'm looking down at your bike or if you're in a class to help kind of keep and guide you and push you. Hmm. But like I said, the social aspect is good too. So if people get used to seeing you, yes. they'll be looking for you. So there's an accountability piece in it as well and motivational. Exactly. I agree. Now you are a school psychologist. That's one hat. You are a, phil <laughs> a philanthropist. That's another yeah. hat. That's two. You are a coach. That's three. And you are a wellness enthusiast. That's four hats. Yes. So that's four brands, <laughs> four brands and, and, yes. and one you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> How do you do it? Um, I am very much a multi-passionate and multi-branded individual. Um, and sometimes things are easier than others. Yeah. But I would like to say a lot of my brands overlap in that wellness is a huge component. Uh, and wellness is so important. Uh, one of the biggest lessons I learned from my weight loss and ways I'm able to help other people with behavior change, whether it's me as a school psychologist, me as a wellness coach, me as a trainer, me as an accountability coach is I really do understand how difficult life lifestyle changes can be. Um, I went from spending all of my childhood, adolescence and early adulthood extremely overweight. And you really have to change every single piece of your paradigm. Huh. Um, how you just everything you start to look at how society views you, who you interact with, what kind of situations you're placing yourself in. So it really helped me be sensitive to a lot of things that people might deal with um, in their lives. Yes. Uh, but the gift of wellness is something I learned because when I changed my body, um, there were some things in my mind that shift some that weren't so positive in the beginning uh -huh. and that yeah. I really had to work on, but I learned that it has to be a mind, body, spirit thing. It just has to be, you know, in order for it to be sustainable, in order for it to be healthy, you really have to look at ourselves as a holistic individual. So that's one way I'm able to do it. And I see what I do a lot of times as a gift. Yes. Um, and I want to be able to pay it for it. I want to leave my seeds on the earth to say, okay, this is what I did. This is how I paid it for it. <laughs> hmm. No, exactly. So it's important to have a purpose in life. If you, you can find it. And some people are always looking to find it. Yes. Sometimes it changes. You know, yeah. um, when I was a teenager or when I was over, you know, a hundred plus five pounds overweight, I never would have thought I'd be a personal trainer. I never, ever would have looked at mm. me and thought I would have been a personal trainer. So you also can't coop yourself in too many boxes right. because we evolve in life. That's true. So yes. what might be my purpose or what I view as my mission might fit for me right, right now, but it may evolve. It may shift. It may change. And that's perfectly okay. Huh? Excellent. Excellent. Now, as a school psychologist, what age yes. group, what kids, you, you work with children or adults? I, uh, my scope of practice is 2 through 21. Wow. So I do a lot, me particularly, with early childhood, so children under the age of 8. And I'm usually dealing with or working with children or parents who have a child with a suspected 
or known disability, whether it be a reading disability or mm-hmm. what we, people some call dyslexia, yes. um, behavioral difficulties in school, ADHD. So I'm problem solving or doing psychological testing to help give recommendations to help people um, achieve to their best ability academically or vocationally. And that's your full-time job? Yes. I'm a self-employed school psychologist. Self-employed yeah. school psychologist. Yes. Wow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. Okay. Now, yes. I, I want to touch on all these things. Now, you're also a philanthropist. Uh, basically, yes. you have your own nonprofit organization. Is that correct? Yes. So talk it's about called Nubian Wellness. Nubian Wellness. Yes, okay. Nubian Wellness. And I started Nubian Wellness. Um, we started Nubian Wellness probably like 2012, 2013. Okay. I had did a lot in some of my old jobs. I worked at Florida A&M University for a little while. Yes. And I worked over Women's Center. And I helped uh, catapult a wellness initiative on campus that was called Rattler Wellness. Oh. And I just. You know, I when I was in grad school, before hmm. I even graduated, I was a fitness and wellness graduate assistant oh. at Florida A&M University nice. at Campus Recreation. Wow. So I just kind of been on this little wellness kick. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> and, I, and I enjoyed the wellness initiative and kicking it off and branding and creating this wellness initiative on this campus of people just full of color and seeing hmm. them excited about whether it was their health or healing issues from their past, or coming to a Zumba class, or a room full of black males coming to do yoga. All right, I loved it. It it set me on fire, because these people go back, as in these people, these young students who come to these schools, especially historically black schools, they usually go back to their homes and to their communities, and they can take all that knowledge that debunks kind of myths that we may have been taught growing up, whether it's we don't get mental health support or we don't work out all the time. Right. Things like that <laughs> that may have been ingrained in us and they can go be those seeds and show people that it can be different. They can show a different version of what healthy or wellness is. Right. I understand you're also a yoga instructor. I am. Oh my I goodness. <laughs> what? <laughs> Certified yoga instructor as well. Yes. I'm a resident. I'm a registered yoga teacher. Um, When I was maybe like 2014, when I lived in Miami for one year, I completed a yoga certification at 305 Yoga in Miami. Mm. And I just was drawn to the studio. I don't think at first I really planned to become a yoga teacher. I thought it was kind of cool, but I kind of didn't know. I had been very fitness and wellnessy in the sense of like, I became a certified personal trainer, a spinning instructor, group X. I really hadn't got in huge to teaching the mind body thing. So um, I went to 305 yoga and the reason I chose to go to that yoga studio just to participate in yoga was because um, Terry Cooper, the owner, she had a nonprofit as well. Uh-huh. Um, at the time it was called yoga gangsters. Now it's called connection uh, coalition and what she does is she goes in and they go give and do yoga lessons in underserved communities or with underserved populations nice and i said oh this is the studio i have to go to because she's so in alignment with me and with me everything is about you know paying it forward and giving gifts so yes and yoga is too kind of has that stigma of being a very uh, modality that's really only available to the 
affluent. So the fact that she would go in in these communities and the pictures of people who she had on her pages doing yoga, I just loved it. And I said, I have to go there. So I eventually ended up doing um, what's called a karma yoga. Yes. Again, the yoga of paying your gifts forward certification there with the style of vinyasa. And it was one of the best, best things I ever did. One of the best certifications I ever got in all the fitness and wellness certifications that I had. Um, But I, it really evolved in, it worked with me on the whole mind body thing <laughs> in, yes. inside out. So I was really able to grow so much from that. So it was a great experience. Hmm. I, we spoke about the wellness portion of your part of your branding. The other part, tell me about that. Yes. Well, I became a wellness coach when I was teaching students. We became like certified wellness coaches. Okay. Um, I'm working on another wellness coach certification right now. I don't know if you've ever heard of well coaches. Uh, what's it called? Well coaches? Well, no, well coaches, no. Yeah, I'm working on a cert called Well Coaches, and it's through ACSM. Okay. Um, and it's just another kind of a little bit more in-depth wellness coaching certification. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do do wellness coaching with people, so kind of looking at where we're at in uh, hmm. any of the sectors of wellness. But most recently this year, I've started doing some accountability coaching. So that's really helping people. For me, early accountability is really helping people ignite in the early stages of starting a new endeavor. And I think that is kind of me. I'm kind of the jump start to come in and amp people up, help people get help people get organized. Yes. And start to implement some new plan or some new change or something you said you would do for a long time and you just haven't, whether it was because you felt you didn't have the time. You didn't feel you had the resources. You didn't really know what you needed to do. So really helping people stay accountable, putting in tracking documents for people, checking in with them where they're at on those things. Um, I had a lot of knowledge in like digital marketing and digital branding just because of some of my jobs in the past. So I'm really able to help people utilize that and push forward to things that they would like to do. Hmm. Now, as you know, at the end of every year, we all have this desire after the holidays that we're going to turn over a new leaf. We're going to go out there and, and uh, work out more. We're going to go after our dreams. We're going to be, you know, we're going to make more money this year. You know, we have these goals that when the new year comes, we're going to hit the ground running. But now this is April, the end of April, going into May. And, you know, most people I know uh, forget those goals or don't want me to remind them about them. You know what I mean? What do you, what do you do? How do you get people to be more accountable for their goals? Well, a big one I always say to people is get the first step I always say is get clear on your vision. So, and have it written down, have it somewhere where you can see it. So what is the vision you have for yourself? Whether it's what we say, I want to lose weight, make sure we're specific in it. I want to lose 30 pounds. Okay. Okay knowing what supports you'll need in place for that. So is it you'll need a gym membership or you need to fix your treadmill that's in your house or you need to take the clothes off the treadmill that's in exactly, your house. Exactly, yes. You need to find <laughs> an exercise group, you know, so that's always a big one. Finding, getting clear in your vision, figuring out what supports you'll put in, you need to put in place, but also kind of seeing what I say to people, like what's your achievement style? What's your accountability style? what is the way that kind of makes you tick and wants to want to achieve your goal? So when there was a time when you did succeed in something, what things were in place? Are you driven by power? Are you driven by money? Are you driven by recognition? 
whatever you find out that that is, um, try to align your goals or your rewards around your goals so that you get the things that motivate you or so that you can put those things in place. Um, a big one I say is like you said earlier, you kind of attested to that and it's huge having a support system, um, knowing that everybody won't be everything to us. I think that was a big one I had to learn. So, um, I have accountability partners now. I have accountability partners for different things that I have going on in my life. I don't expect one person to be um, the lean on for me for everything. Hmm. And that's something I learned in my weight loss journey. Uh Because some people, when I had the hiccups or like you said, I was really upset about gaining 10 pounds over Thanksgiving weekend or something like that or Christmas break. (laughs) You know, my, my closest friends when it came to my weight loss journey really became other people who had lost over a hundred pounds there on their own. And so these were people that I met in the gym. A lot of times we just, like I said, Oh, I see you here all the time. Get to talk and find out they lost over a hundred pounds on their own. And so some of them to this day, and I'm what 12 years post lifestyle change are some of my greatest friends. I really can go to them and they actually understand this battle just because they're going through it. Yes. One of my accountability partners, she's an entrepreneur. So things that I can express to her and she can express to me, we just get it because we're going through some of the similar battles with that. And we don't feel like we're burdening somebody else with it. We're able to give that exchange, that energy and that insight and it just clicks. So I always say find an accountability partner if you can. I speak with my accountability partners if I can at least every week. <laughs> oh, you do? I have okay. visual, yes, I have visual goals for myself. I have big sticky notes. I have them like on my mirrors, my reminders, uh, and I check in with my goals. Even with me and my partners, we check in every week about our goals and where we're at. And it's okay. Some weeks I do not hit all the goals I set for myself for that week, but Good. I'm more likely to bounce back yes. and pick back up versus if I was talking to somebody once a quarter or just accountable to myself and nobody knew that I was working on that goal. (laughs) So sometimes putting it out in the universe is what you kind of need just to help you as well. Okay. And have you found that by being holding people accountable, they've been able to reach their goals that much quicker? Absolutely. Um, Now people kind of, at first people kind of looked at me as just like, I think just only fitness and wellness, you know, also psychologists, it didn't matter, you know, people kind of associated me with my um, weight loss story. But a lot of people now have started to reach out to me about accountability coach. You're like, Kimmy, I need you to put me on a plan. I need your reminders. I need the visualization. I need to be able to go forward. And I always tell people, I, I really, really believe in giving people tools that they can use to push themselves forward. So whether I'm coaching a family as a school psychologist, whether I'm doing early accountability coaching, whether I'm doing fitness and wellness, I have a three month maximum because (laughs) I feel that I can, yes, three months, 90 days. I feel that I am equipping you with the tools that you need to be able to go forward. I'm not somebody that's going to coach you for a year. I'm going to get you started, get you on your plan, get you in those tools that put place. That's not to say somebody might not continue with an accountability partner, but I won't coach you for more than 90 days because I believe and have been able to, to really help people make sustainable changes in that time. Hmm. So let's go back for a second. How much 
do you need to know about that person before you can coach them? Well, let's see. Um, getting to know a little bit about their personality, something, those sometimes are the things you just get to know with talking to them. Like we said, how are they motivated? Mm -hmm. um, how do they procrastinate? Oh, oh <laughs> so, yeah, big time. Okay. <laughs> uh, a big thing with me is I, I get weary about how stuff looks, at least like with my business. So I will like procrastinate and push something off because I need to find a better designer. I need to find a better <laughs> this, you know. Yes. Um, even when it was like teaching or getting out there with fitness and wellness, no, I need to lose more weight before I try to go run a half marathon or I need to, you know, <laughs> it's always something. So I always felt like I needed to do something else before I started. So learning people's procrastination style. Yes. Um, what's best for them as far as reminders, whether it's like daily alarms, this, you know, um, post-it notes, whether it's a, a physical and actual phone call, you know, learning that about them too helps as well. Um, but really getting clear on, like we said, the vision that people want for themselves so that can, they can be reminded too of this is my why. Yeah. This is my why. Is that what you said? Why? Yeah, yes. this is my why. That's huge. Yes. That's huge. How much time do you need? I know you said 90 days, but how much, as far as, uh, is it an hour coaching session? Is it 30 minutes or does it vary? It varies, but I, I am, I'm still a dig deeper girl. I don't know. I guess that's the psychologist part in me. So usually I'm um, 60 minutes. About an hour. Okay. About okay. an hour. Yeah. Okay. Are you able to take on a lot of clients because our, cause that's, that's part of your day right there. Yeah, that is, that's a big part. Yeah. Um, I take on a few, um, but part of that too is I say, if I did it full time, I probably still could only take on a few. Right. I'm such a passionate person and I give so much. So mm -hmm. it's more than just the hour. I have to like go behind the scenes and research and look and, kind of put the plan together the way I think would really look good for that person. Yes. Um, part of that too comes from me, I think even as a school psychologist and just learning that hmm. different people learn different ways and achieve different ways. And even though you might have a deficit in one area, that doesn't mean that you don't have strengths that can't be utilized. So um, I would say I'm more of a deeper analytical person like that. So I really, really give a, a lot and really intense. So, no, I don't think I've ever really had more than five people in a month, give a month that I'm really working with, like that type of intensity. But I do do group coaching as well now. Oh, okay. So you do groups as well. Mm -hmm. Now, do you do this via Skype or on the phone? How's it work? Uh, I've been doing a lot of like through Zoom, like video calls, taping some modules. Uh, I have a program called Resolutions to Results where I get people kind of, like we said, we go through all those steps of finding our vision, right. um, finding out how we achieve and setting ourselves up to succeed and move forward. So finding what works for us going forward. Okay. And it's just a three-step process. Uh, and same thing, like group coaching with that and some individual as well. Uh, so I did a pilot with that, tried like three weeks. And it was, it was good because it takes 21 days, you know, to start a habit. But I feel like I still need a little bit more time with people. So I'm still leaning towards, you know, the good, the good three months. Okay. I like it. I feel like I can really see a, a good, good 
get people on a good solid ground in three months. Yeah, and you have some success stories as well from your coaching. Yes, absolutely. Nice. Absolutely. Nice. Now, how expensive are your your, your coaching sessions? You don't have to give me the exact number, but um, you know, would you say they're expensive, affordable? You try to work it out with the clients. How do you do it? Because you got. I would say you have to eat too. I'm just asking. <laughs> I would say they're more, um, I would say they're, I consider what I give a luxury service, if that makes any sense. No, say, say that so, again. So, I would consider what I give a luxury service. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Just because I am pulling from so many yes. um, different hats. Yes. Sure. Uh, but I haven't had anybody who wasn't like, oh my gosh, this is so like great. Uh, but I also keep things for people where they can go back and reconsume it. So it's not like, oh, 90 days, I'm never going to remember what we talked about. All the forms, templates, sessions we do, all recorded so people always have it to refer back to. People still talk to me afterwards. Nice. Wow. I'm not that type of person to be like, no, it's over. You can't shoot me an email. You can't bounce this off of me. Oh, Absolutely not. Okay. So, okay. So once they finish with the sessions, they can always come back with questions or oh, follow course. up. Oh, sure. Absolutely. You know, okay. Absolutely. Well, that's a, that's a good thing. It's, it's good to know that. <laughs> yeah. Now, you also have a podcast. Yeah. Talk, <laughs> talk about that, busy lady. Talk about that for me. <laughs> wow. I didn't, I shouldn't say I never saw myself as being a podcaster, but it's been great. I've actually really loved it. And, really started to enjoy it and the more I've dug in with it uh, the podcast is called early accountability podcast with Kimmy Walker yes. so uh, on the podcast the theme is to we're really uh, equipping people with actionable tools um, through people's personal and professional testimonies to help them get organized and execute goals that they have for themselves or take themselves to the next level so we have had I've had a variety of guests talk about so many different things, whether it's starting a nonprofit or overcoming addiction and suicide attempts, um, getting out of being in gangs, uh, getting financial wealth and wellness, building your wealth up, um, yes. marketing and branding your battle. I leaving corporate, moving up the corporate ladder, <laughs> just a lot of a very diverse set yes. of guests. And some of the stories have even shocked me because when we got in to do the interview, I was like, wow, whoa. Yeah, you learned um, a lot. <laughs> yes, but again, goes to that. There's so many things. It's sometimes so much deeper than people realize with just, okay, I'm trying to move up out of my job or I'm just trying to leave corporate. These are like major life changes that people have taken. Um, and they really talk about the ups and downs with it that sometimes people don't get to see broadcast so much in our kind of glamorous social media day and age yes yes because i did visit the page and i was quite impressed with your your guests i'm like wow very deep very serious interviews you know yes, yes, yes. It's, it's amazing you as the host learn a lot even as you are speaking to your guests right <laughs> i like for the first few weeks, I was just like, there's a few, after a few episodes, like I was in tears so many times because I was so touched and wow. felt so lucky that people would come on this show that I was just really starting up. I just started up in 2018 with the whole early accountability piece. And um, 
they were really able to just share their vulnerabilities. And I grew a lot with it. And I was like, oh, you think you're going through some stuff? Man, you don't know what the next person is going through, but look how they've overcome or look at the steps that they've put in place for themselves. I always say losing the weight was one of the hardest things I've ever done. But these people also gave stories to remind me myself that everybody has their own battle and we mm. just don't know what it is all the time. Some, you know, so. Yeah. Some of us, some of us hide it, hide it very well. <laughs> very, very well. Yes. So <laughs> oh, uh, it's been definitely a learning experience, but I'm so grateful for the podcast and I hope to see it grow to where I can get to the level like you and have oh my over a hundred episodes. <laughs> oh, look, uh, I'm, I have 300 if I had the time. It's too, too busy. <laughs> wow, yes, yes, but yes. let me tell you, you're going to do very well and you, you won't have Thank a problem. You. you won't have a problem finding guests. They'll start finding you. Trust me. <laughs> right. Great. Yes. I'm, I'm telling you, you work it because you, you're helping so many people. It's amazing. You know? Thank you. Now, how can my listeners find out more about you and contact you if any questions they might have? Sure, absolutely. Well, I am on the web. Um, the most simplest place is KimmyWalker.com. My first name is spelled K-I-M-I, last name Walker. And that kind of de- details a lot about the different things that I'm in. As far as my fitness and wellness brand, I'm on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, um, Snapchat, Kimmy Fitwell. So that's K I M I F I T W E L L. And that's where they can kind of see me chronicling my weight loss journey. And soon again, you know, chronicling, I really like to kind of shadow the stories of other people as well who've made some positive lifestyle changes. Yes. So um, I definitely encourage them to follow me on Kimmy Fitwell on social media too. Nice, nice. I mean, this has been very enjoyable for me, and I'm sure my listeners are going to enjoy it as well. And I'm going to post it in my social media, Instagram, Twitter, and also in in a ton of Facebook groups, too, because I think more people need to hear what you have to say. And um, it's just been really enjoyable, Kimmy. Any last words for my listeners? No, thank you so much for having me. And I just encourage your listeners to keep pushing, keep trying, and keep doing everything everything that they can to make the best version of themselves a priority. Perfect. Kimmy Walker, on behalf of Body Scope of New York and Six Weeks of Fitness, I truly want to thank you for coming on my show. Thank you. (laughs) And to my listeners, I truly hope this program was informative, encouraging, and inspiring, and that you will continue tuning in on our Six Weeks of Fitness podcast. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for the show, please leave them on my Six Weeks of Fitness blog at www.sixweeksoffitness.com or email me at vince at sixweeks.com. Take care. Bye-bye.